not shower, the water will come through in the recording. Actually, I don't think it would come through. This one. is the Who You Know podcast. I'm Rylan Deemer. And I'm Rolisa Wilby. And today we have a very special guest. Joining us is an amazing man, number one commenter on the podcast, <laughs> Trace Calloway. Welcome. Hey, it's good to be here. Should I say Trace Calloway the third? No, the Trace is the third part of that. Like, oh, yeah, my, my full name, legal name, I am a third, so I just go by Trace. Forgot about that. Wait, is this real? Yeah, so it's, it's totally not real. your middle name. It's not my middle okay. name. How did I not know that? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't like introduce myself as hey, it's Trace. <laughs> Actually, that's not my real name. Uh, I'm living a facade, and this is just how I introduce myself to people. My real name is this, and this is what my dad's name is. This is a whole complicated story, but I go by Trace because my mom's a Spanish teacher, and they wanted to name me Trey, but there's someone else named Trey that they, my my parents were already friends with, so they thought of Trace, Uno Dos Trace. Here we are. And I just met you. That's my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah, bro. So do we want a second date from here? Because she's, she's already left at this point. So I just kind of wait for it naturally to come up at some point where someone asks me. Okay, so like, so we've known each other for two years and, right? Yeah, maybe least, longer. I mean, COVID's yeah. been two years, so. Oh, God. Um, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> All time is <laughs> now measured in pandemic years. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like the pre versus post covid era and yeah life feels very different between those two mm -hmm. uh what's your real name do i yeah it? i don't know why i was like being weird about like not saying it uh lauren james calloway the third lauren lauren l-o-r-a-n l-o-r-a-n oh yeah. that's cool yeah that's like a lord of the rings name right I don't know. No, uh, it's a Game of Thrones name, right? <laughs> I guess. As long as I don't, I don't know if that's good. Like, I could be a terrible character in Game of Thrones. I could be someone who died very early. I mean, like, who do you think you would be? I mean, statistically, I'd be someone who just died really early. Um, sure. One of those universes I would not want to live in. Do you feel um, like you fit the statistical norm in most cases? Um... I don't know. It would just depend. I mean, I guess with a name like Lauren James Calloway the Third, there's some nobility involved. If you're in Game of Thrones, like no peasant is naming their kid right. the Third. You've definitely got a protagonist name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes at least. Uh, so hopefully it's. I'm again trying to think of which protagonist it actually could be in Game of Thrones because it's it just things just don't end well. True. You True. just don't so. want to be anyone. Yeah. Not in Game of Thrones, at least. Lord of the Rings also rough. I don't know. No, you're right. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is darker than what it may be on, uh, what the vibe is of it. Yeah, like, I mean, Hobbit, pretty fine. Uh, you know, living in the Shire in that mm. time. Uh, lovely life, I think, you could be quite satisfied with. But Lord of the Rings era, actually, uh, war, death, it's not great. So yeah. I, I don't know, like, that's the problem is, if you're going to live in a fantasy story, it's probably not a good time to be living there in that world because that's when the story takes place. Any like, story, any fantasy story. Really? I, I I think yeah. like in general, like Harry Potter universe. Do you want to be living in the Harry Potter universe when those books are taking place? When like the rise of Voldemort. Um, though I guess like as they keep going and adding more detail, those mm -hmm. times are also bad. Like yeah. the yeah. Fantastic Beasts, where to find them? There's now other dark wizards. Maybe worlds like, are just always bad. Yeah. 
from a perspective, I'm sure you can always find yeah. like something. Or the but. badness adds to the good stuff. All you I have know. to do is focus on the negative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever heard that? I think it's like a Chinese curse or something. I believe that's what I had heard somewhere on the internet. But it was, may you live in interesting times. Yeah. Because that would not be good. Right. Versus, be, it's, it's, it's not exciting to say, oh, I want to live in a boring time. But yeah. like that's when things are safe and most likely enjoyable living your day-to-day life. So um, I, I like that you brought that up because I, I think you have always seemed to me like a very learned man. Uh, and and I, you know, I learned this about you recently that you uh, read a lot. So um, I guess what I want to talk about is um, New Year's resolutions, because I know like the massive amount of reading that you do is a part of an old resolution that you made a couple years back, yeah. if I understand. Uh, and you wanted to read one book a week per year, mm-hmm. but you've actually maintained that. So can you tell me a little bit about like what that journey's been like and yeah um so it was it started in college uh, in terms of like making it a specific goal i've always read a lot all through uh elementary school before um and at some point in college i think it was early sophomore year i realized i hadn't been reading a lot a friend recommended a book for me and i just devoured it i was like staying up till two in the morning to read mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god this is so much fun i like i haven't done this in a while i kind of forgot about it so I wanted to put effort towards doing that again. And um, it was the first time I wasn't buying books and keeping them at home. So I started keeping a list on my phone of what books I was reading for class, books I was checking out of the library, so that if someone ever asked me, oh, what's a book that I should read? Or like, what have you been reading lately? I could, I could look and not forget uh, what, I, what I'd already read. Yeah. Um, and so then I, so I had this list, and uh, that was fall semester new year's resolution comes around and i was like oh that'd be like a cool resolution to try for is mm-hmm. average reading a book a year so 52 books a book a week yeah reading one book a year not quite impressive <laughs> very solid goal for a lot of people um yeah averaging one book a week for an entire year so reading 52 books over the course of the year do you have any rules as to like what qualifies as a book no it definitely you know because it's fully personal i'm not like comparing this to other people so it just kind of depends on the, the specific situation because you can get a collection of lord of the rings books that are all one giant tome mm-hmm. uh but i will count that as three because it's normally considered three even though each lord of the rings book is technically mm-hmm. two books yeah. they were only published together because of like the war shortage with paper like they had to be bundled that way no, no but they have their own titles yeah like the the titles of the three lord of the rings books that we know were not what tolkien thought of originally he had the names for each of the, the six books that it's comprised of and then the publisher was like okay we need to mm-hmm. combine them and name them uh for that so so that was like more of an afterthought i didn't know that was the reasoning i knew yeah. it was like i've been described as three books but there's two in each yeah <laughs> like as a question but i didn't even know that there were two in each so <laughs> this is news to me yeah um well, well like what do you think like was your reading average before you decided to do one a week i think like probably pre-college it was, it was probably not too dissimilar it okay. was probably like up there at least 30 books if not more i just kind of guessing and that's kind of like my thing with this that right when, when you and i were talking about this earlier that the goal isn't necessarily something that i feel like i have to work super hard to do it's more of a way for me to track it 
and like remind myself that this is something I want to do, that I enjoy doing this, mm-hmm. and I don't want to forget about it and be like, oh, it's been like two months since I read a book, and I should like really get back to doing that. And so it's very rarely have I had to like push myself to hit yeah. the goal. There have definitely been times where I'm like, oh, I've been reading lately, I've been playing a lot more video games, let me like try and like catch up, and I will like focus some time on it. But like that's that's the effect that I want this to have is to be like, oh, I haven't been doing it enough lately. Let me yeah. do some more. Mm-hmm. And you say average. A week. So it, will it take you like two weeks to read one book, but like a couple of days to read another? Yeah. Is that you mean? Okay. Yeah. I uh, uh, so originally I would keep track of like by semester, spring, summer, fall. Um, I would group the books. Yeah. It's taken me until I think last year was the first year I finally switched to quarters. I've been in the business <laughs> world long enough that I'm like okay, it doesn't make any sense for me to try to figure out all right when would school have ended? And quarters are just much yeah. easier to divide by, by on the nice even month rather than it was well it was May tenth was the last. <laughs> I mean, I I think I speak for all of our audience when I say, like, that is way more reading than what I do uh, yeah. and what most people do. So how how are you able to, um, like, remember or do you remember, like, the majority of what you read? How do, how does the, how do the words go from, like, page to eyes to brain to your life? Like, what is yeah. that? Um, well, first I want to make a comment about saying that about, like, how much I read compared to the average person. We all read a ton. It's just about like what you choose to read and whether it counts as a book. If you read a lot of news articles, I don't really read the news much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to for a while. But if you take that time, like you accumulate reading a lot of words and same with like social media. There's a lot of like written word that we are constantly consuming. So it's just about putting the dedicated time towards a book versus something else. I mean, we all have studied for exams, and that involves a lot of reading. And I've gone back and forth at different times on whether reading a book for study material counts as reading a book. It depends on exactly what book, how much of it did I read. But in terms of remembering what I've read, that's actually been something of, like, a current New Year's resolution is to focus on taking notes on what I read Mm -hmm. a bit more intentionally because for a long time, just having the list of what I read was the only external marker of that and it would be a good like reminder I could go through and be like oh yeah I do remember that book I kind of think about it but it was very haphazard it was just whatever happened to stick with me from that reading experience there might be a scene from a novel or if it was a nonfiction book oh that was one idea that stuck with me that I'll occasionally think about mm-hmm. but now as I'm reading I'm trying to intentionally every time I have that like click moment of ooh that's a cool idea I want to write it down so I've, I've got a system on my computer of um, now I keep track of the list there and I can click within that book, and I have a, a template already arranged that differs between whether it's a fiction or nonfiction book, and has like a couple huh. questions of like, okay, summarize this nonfiction book in three sentences. Uh, what was like a top quote from it? What were my overall thoughts on it? And then just like general notes that I can pull. That's so, super cool. So as I'm reading, I now have I've got my computer next to me, and I have like notes on my phone. Sometimes I'll do audio notes. I was driving a lot over the past couple months and listening to audiobooks. And I could just hit a button on my phone and immediately try to rephrase what I had just heard in my own words and then, like, have that note there. So by the time I finish a book, I might have a couple paragraphs of what I took out of the book while reading it. And then I can go back and maybe make connections between different books I read and say, okay, well, this book mentioned this concept, and that actually sounds kind of similar to this one. How do I, how do I like, reconcile this? So that's been great for me in terms of retention, like, because I'm clearly thinking more about what I'm reading and then also forcing myself to like confront how well did I understand this and like what do I actually take out of it? Yeah. I was wondering if you like I was gonna ask, do you get ever mixed up in your brain? Like was that 
like fiction versus nonfiction, you're like, was this like real or was this just like a made up thing in a book? And I feel like now that you explained that you break it out, yeah, break it down by that, it'll help a lot more. Well, so yeah, that, I mean, like that's a, a new concept. I don't know how often I've had to think, was that? It's definitely happened. There have definitely <laughs> been times where I say, I don't remember, was that scene like something I read in a memoir or was that a, a fiction book that mm-hmm. someone was talking? And sometimes it doesn't matter. Like, is it, does this feel real? Is this like something that is like believable that someone could experience this and like the thing they said makes sense? Yeah. It doesn't really matter to me if it was a fiction or nonfiction book. But there are plenty of times where I think back of like onto a, a scene. Where did that happen? Like, what book was it that I was reading? And so that's when it is useful for me to kind of like go back through and I can scroll and say, okay, which books did I read? Which of these were likely? Uh, and it's kind of like a fun exercise to like try to like piece it back together, reconstruct what did I read? What was I imagining? Mm-hmm. Do you ever, like, link what you're reading to where you are, too? Like, where you read the book? Like, oh, if it was at sure. home or on vacation? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. and I, I've i never, I've always liked the idea of, like, having a journal and, like, keeping track of the things that I do, but I've, I've never done anything like it, seriously. Yeah. Uh, so my list of books is the closest that I have to that. When I scroll through it, I can see, oh, yeah, that's what, I was reading that book on this vacation. Oh, I remember reading it on the boat, on the lake. Yeah. Um, and so they're very much clear, like, snapshots in my mind from reading different books at different stages of my life. I think I I really, really like the idea of, like, taking the notes and writing down things to, you know, kind of maximize the time that you spent and, like, yeah. improve the value or whatever that you're getting out of it. Um, can you help me develop something similar for video games? Or maybe yeah. you already no. have? Um, I My system for video games is nowhere near strong. I, I started keeping a list mm-hmm. of games I played for the same reason for when mm-hmm. I'm talking about it. Uh, I'm more likely to remember which ones I've played. Um, but I've started, like, at least trying to write down uh, some of the, like, ex- experiences, feelings, thoughts, whatever that a video game gave me so I could remember that or articulate it better whenever I wanted to talk to someone because I've already thought through it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would love to sit down and, like, yeah. talk about that with you. That'd be, like, a really fun thing to work out, like, a template for. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious to, like, one, look at your templates for books and then, yeah, see if we can fine-tune something specific for games. Dang. You're like, I don't have a topic that I can write about. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing. is it's, it's interesting once you start trying to write about something that if you just force yourself to write and, you know, you always have that little voice in the back of your head say, this isn't good enough or I don't know what to say, I don't have anything. If you actually force yourself to write down what you think and start looking at that and just being completely open with it, you realize that you have a lot that's going in your mind that you're constantly discarding. I think it's oh, yeah. similar to meditation in a lot of ways of, like, being able to just let the thought go through you without judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if you can like write it down and look at it and you can then analyze that thought like is this something I actually agree with is there like a connection to make here is where can I like push deeper on it at least in my experience that has helped me like clarify my thoughts on a, a lot of different things mm-hmm. um, versus just like having a brief thought think about it for a moment and then like letting it go and then never really like finishing it yeah, yeah. It, there's also like the idea of something getting stuck in your head it's so nice to put it on paper and you feel like you can kind of forget about it like any kind of like nagging oh i need to do this i don't know if you have like to do do systems yeah yeah it gets that out of your head and you can just feel better about it yeah that's usually like keeping me up at night i write it down on my phone so i don't have to worry about it anymore but even like i always talk to dan about this because like sometimes i feel like he never has like a quiet moment to just think to himself whereas like i do it all the time because i don't have like a lot of media that i just like go to Mm -hmm. i can scroll on my phone but there's a like in the car I won't listen to anything often, and I'll just be thinking in my head, and it's, like, thoughts over and over, and I'm like, do you ever do this, or is it just me? And, like, so maybe I need to start writing my thoughts down, because yeah. I think about, I think a lot, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's good. I think it's something that I struggled to do because there's always some form of media, and now I've been listening yeah. to audiobooks more. Mm-hmm. So, like, as soon as I had them, I'm like, oh, this would be a good time to do an audiobook. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, being able to take that time to reflect is necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, similarly, I, I feel like at all times I'll have, like, a YouTube video going on my phone just yeah. for, like, you know, like a podcast or whatever, even as I'm, like, doing chores and, like, just mm-hmm. doing stuff around the house. And it got to the point where I felt like it was a little too invasive. So, like, I've stopped, like, playing any music or videos or anything while I'm, like, showering. Um, Usually when I'm, like, brushing my teeth. Just, like, these, like, brief moments that I like to have where, like, I feel like the technology isn't invading for for just a bit. Yeah. is nice. And then, of course, meditation is, like, beyond that even more. So it, it even gets the thoughts out of out of the picture yeah yeah um i did want to ask one more question about reading um do you ever start a book and not finish it like or do you just push through um uh, for most of my life i push through there'd be times where i would not finish yeah. uh but 80 percent of the time i'd want to finish and that is a downside of like having a goal of like to finish but i've already read half this book like yeah. if i want it to count on my list i need to finish it and so I have made it like kind of a pseudo New Year's goal for for this year is to uh not finish more books, okay. but that's really hard to structure as a goal in terms of like a number. Like, do I say oh, I want to not finish ten books this year? Yeah, because like I never go into a book hoping to not finish it. Right. So I haven't quite figured it out, but I'm thinking about tracking books I don't finish and like counting that as still an accomplishment because. For me, it is. Yeah, I'm like slowly coming to realize that there's nothing inherently virtuous in finishing something, mm-hmm. just in itself. Like if I can attach meaning because I got something out of it, then great. But if I'm not, then I shouldn't finish it. Yeah. And I feel that way so often with TV shows, mm-hmm. books, video games. That once I've started, I gotta finish it, or I didn't really, I didn't do the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like another thing you can talk about, like why didn't I like this book? Why was it bad? Like yeah, yeah, and. I was wondering if you just like enjoy reading so much that you, that's why you finish it, but you do regret finishing it sometimes. There, yeah, there's plenty of books. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I can I can think back to like a couple within the past few months that as I've been trying okay. to do this more, that I'm like I'm glad I finished that, or I did not finish it because okay. Okay. I got halfway through. I don't remember almost anything of what I read, even mm-hmm. though I read 400 pages. So the other 300 pages that I was gonna read, <laughs> not gonna get anything else out of it. Yeah. So. I kind of wanted to go back because I I talked about like words on the page to the eyes, to the brain, to Mm -hmm. the life. And I want to know more about how this has impacted your life. Like what, you know, lessons are you learning that change how you live or change the way you think or interact with people? Like I'm I'm really curious about that. Yeah, I think that on the one hand, it's something I definitely want to do. Uh, Like I want it. I should be benefiting from this, at least in some way. Um, whether because I'm okay reading for pure enjoyment, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think that like even just baseline reading, you get some empathy of looking through someone else's perspective. Just reading fiction, you're seeing someone's life that you might never have imagined on your own from your own perspective and life experiences. So I think that's inherently valuable on its own. But then and so then it's also hard to like separate. Okay, how is this impact my life? How have I changed? What wouldn't I have done? I, there's no counterfactual me that didn't read. To, yeah. to see what that looks like. And then you have those specific books that have an idea that sticks with you that you like think about and you want to implement. And there are some times where it's like, okay, I don't know that I was able to bring that into my life. And then there are times where I might not even notice mm-hmm. that it impacted. 
Um, so it's something I think about a lot. I, I don't know how to say that, like, I don't. Ha I certainly don't have any kind of system to, like, make this happen. Um, but, I mean, let me dispel yeah. what I just heard. Uh, you're saying you you don't know if it had an impact on your life because you're not able to like formulate an experiment around it to prove it i guess i i can be confident that it had an impact it can be hard to say what impact it did have and how much of an impact and so i'm trying to think of like a specific idea so i mean there been, i've read plenty of books that talk about meditation as like a beneficial thing and so mm. my attempts at meditation i've not <laughs> stuck with it for very long at any point mm -hmm. uh are all like to that um there are things that talk about like relationship stuff and i can see that like i make more of an effort for to do that um or recognizing things within myself because i have like a name for it. being able to label something mm -hmm. is incredibly useful mm -hmm. but it's still hard to like say okay what change did that affect okay sure i i mean <laughs> i i it's just i i i think i understand it's not how i think but I, I think I get what you're saying like it's hard to know exactly without seeing the alternative alternative reality version of yourself yeah well and like I think it's hard for me to trace back like a decision because they're to trace back <laughs> uh I feel like there's it's like you know there's a whole complicated morass of ideas and thoughts that are in my head mm -hmm. at any time when I'm thinking through something um or not thinking doing something automatically and a lot of that comes from things that I've read, but it's all like being combined in this like soupy mess that I can't sit there and point and say, ah, oh, that book is, is what it is, that that's the, where that idea came from or something like that. Do you think maybe the quantity of books interferes with your ability to distinguish how they're individually impacting you? I think it can, uh, especially to Elise's point about like taking some time to like just be with your thoughts. Like if I, I think I benefit more from finishing a book and you know just sitting there, not doing anything with it, and mm -hmm. thinking about what did I just read and what if I go ahead and write that down. That is still part of that thinking through exercise. But if I finish a book and immediately pick up another one and start reading and like don't ever break that up into a thinking phase, I think for sure it mm -hmm. gets more blended and lost. Yeah, this is super interesting. I, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think the journaling helps with that, and so makes me want to do it even though i'm probably only going to read my goal this year would be like three but if i like journaled after those three i feel like i would get a lot more benefit out of it because one of them i'm reading i already read half of it i talked to someone about it and like they said oh this happened then right and i was like i don't remember any of that and i already mm -hmm. read half of it so yeah the journaling even if i read half of it and some of my hesitancy in talking about like how these things impact my life might be that like I'm still like going through a lot of it. Like a lot of the, those books that are like most in my mind right now, I'm thinking like how are they changing my life? Are things I'm still trying to figure out exactly like how do I implement that and like how do I structure my life to in a way that like I can be happy and like proud of the things that I'm doing. And so there's it's still kind of like an un, unfinished mm -hmm. thing. So it, it, I don't know, still have a lot to think about. Do the books make you? Do you feel like you overthink? Like so many books are throwing different ideas at you, and you're like confused um, with what you read. Or does it usually helpful? I think it's usually definitely more helpful. Okay. It's it's rare that I'm I, th I see such conflicting ideas okay. that I'm like, oh, I'm so lost. If I'm overthinking things, that's probably me just naturally yeah. <laughs> being the type of like over analytical person. Um, I 
trap many that. actuaries fall into. Yeah. yeah. So, but we've talked a lot about my, my reading goals. What did you guys have any New Year's resolutions? I mean, I wanted to finish a book this year. I did that. I finished The Hobbit. One book. There you go. You are one <laughs> month in. You've already finished a goal. I was already halfway through the book, but I finished it, and I was pretty happy. And like at the end of the book, there was a chapter of the of Lord of the Rings, the first chapter, and Dale's like, "You should probably read that." And I'm like, "I just finished a book. I don't want to read <laughs> something." And he's like, "And so I was like, can you just summarize it for me?" So when he did, I was not gonna read the first chapter of Lord of the Rings, but now I'm on my second book, so I'm like, maybe I can do three books this year. So that's my little goal. So, um, is that your only goal for the year? You got the... Um, I mean, that wasn't, like, one of my first goals. I, like, do goals a lot, even during the year. But so, mm-hmm. like, at the start of the year, I was like, okay, I hadn't worked out in a while. So, like, I was like, two workouts a week. And then when I don't do that, I want to do, like, yoga at least once a week and meditate at least once a week. I have not done the latter two. So, like, that's still something I need to, like, figure out how to fit into my life. Because I think I just don't have the routine for them yet. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing for me. If I want to get something accomplished, I kind of need that routine to, like, make it happen. If, if I got a book for you. <laughs> if you, if you want a little uh, a cheat code for meeting those goals, yoga is meditation. Like, at it's the a same super time. long. <laughs> I might want them separate. Yoga might be my, like, I'm waking up, get me ready for the day. Like, that's kind of like my yoga thought. Yeah, does that depend on the type of yoga you're doing? Because I just know there's a lot of different types of yoga. Um, I'm not very familiar. I guess I don't know a ton about yoga, but yoga is a form of meditation mm-hmm. in its like traditional sense. So um, you can be meditative through a yoga practice. Yep. Usually I'm just complaining how much my shoulders hurt in my head. <laughs> so I, I think that's part of the reason of wanting to do yoga is I want to build that shoulder strength and get more flexible. And so, like, that's, like, my goal with yoga, I think. And so then my meditation goal is, like, separate. I don't think I want to combine them, which is really confusing. Yeah. Um, can I talk about goals for a yeah. moment? So this is really, like, Trace, you and I have had a couple conversations about goals. And I think, I mean, the more that I hear you describe how you think about it, I, I kind of wonder if we have a similar approach in some ways and maybe we're just labeling things different um but like when i think about goals for myself i i think of them as like things that are not useful to me like i i don't like goals i don't like setting goals because i i don't seem to get anywhere with them or it makes it harder for me to like achieve and so how i end up framing things mentally is like uh let's take like fitness for instance how I think about it is like I am the kind of person who maintains a healthy, like physically healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. and therefore I'll just do things to to achieve that. So like I'll eat healthy because like I am a healthy person is how I think. Even if I'm not healthy in that moment, like that's what gets me to like do the thing that is healthy, or like um like the past eight or nine months I've been, you know, working out at the gym several times a week and I've never once had a day where I was like, eh, I don't really feel like it. Cause it's more like an identity thing. Once I turn on that yep. like identity switch, like I am the kind of person who does this, then I just do it. And there's no goal. I'm not like, I want to be able to lift this much. I want to, I want to 
look awesome when I'm flexing hard at the beach. Like, I want to, you know, whatever. Like, I don't have any thought like that in my head. It just, I'm telling myself, like, I am a strong person who stays lean. And then, like, everything else just seems to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I just do the thing. Mm -hmm. So what I've found in the past, like, when I used to be, I used to be, uh, I guess I would say, like, super goal-oriented. And I was talking about this a little bit last night. Like, when I was, like, young in my career, like, early 20s, I was like, yeah, I'm going straight to the C-suite. I'm going to be CEO or, or whatever. And, like, just very, like, driven and focused on that. But I get so bummed out because I'd be thinking, like, I would sit there and I'd be like, that's so far away. Or, like, yeah, like, I feel like it's never going to happen for X, Y, Z. And, like, those thoughts would slow me down from actually achieving in the moment because they would be disruptive thoughts that like depress my ability to like actually be effective and um you know valuable in the workplace or like a good um uh, collaborator because they would be interfering with just like my ability to like be here and look at you and be like hey trace how's it going um and so once i finally got to the point where like i i was like, all right, just forget about, like, thinking that far in the future. Like, how, like, what am I good at now? Let me find something that fits that and that, like, is fulfilling to me, and we'll see what happens. And, like, the more that I do that and live in the moment, doing, like, being in the place where I fit, like, as a puzzle piece, then it's like all the achievements fall into place. So the same thing happened with, my exams so my final actuarial exam uh unlike all the other exams was brutal for me and i failed it i think five times before i finally passed the failures kind of like accumulated in me Mm -hmm. and like i would kind of like tear myself down about it and once i finally got to the point and and big credit to meditation for this once i finally got to the point where like I, i learned how to like be very compassionate and forgiving toward myself i was able to like put that negativity to the side and I stopped thinking about I'm going to pass the exam or I need to pass the exam or whatever. Like that all went to the side. And every day I was like, I am the kind of person who studies because he already decided he's going to sit for the exam. So he's going to study, Mm -hmm. you know, two hours a day or whatever. And that's the time when I finally passed. It was like when I got rid of all the things that I was like focusing on in the future and just like took each day as the person that I wanted to be, that's when I ended up achieving. Um, it's the journey, not the destination. Uh, yeah, I think we might have a similar mindset, and maybe we've just come to like look at things through a different lens. So I think this has been very helpful, uh, and I actually read a book called Atomic Habits by James mm. Clear recently, and so that's what I was going to recommend uh, talking about, like how, oh, to, cool. how to do this. It's very useful and informative. And so that I, the idea of identity being like that first step towards your goal or to like helping you secrete that habit is mm-hmm. huge because if you're the type of person who is fit or eats well, then it's very easy to make the decision. You're not having to like use your profile. Yeah. This is just something that I do. This is the type of person I conceive. And so many people will try to start with the action versus starting with the identity. Mm-hmm. And um, he describes it as uh, the doing those actions is like a vote for the person that you want to be mm-hmm. and whatever kind of person receives the most votes that's the type of person that you will start to think of yourself as or feel mm. and so even if you're like not doing the thing perfectly like just showing up to the gym 
is a vote for the being type of person who goes to the gym. You don't have to have a great workout, but you right. you showed up. And so it's interesting to me to hear the way you think about it that like we both recognize that importance of the identity and the system of like what am I doing day to day. But I still take that and say, okay, well my goal is still to be a fit person. I still think define that as a goal or label it as a goal. And then, okay, I want to think about the, the structure where, as you say, I don't think the label of goal is that useful. Like, I'm not getting any value out of calling it a goal because all I care about is those different identities. So I still have, like, a, a little bit of a blended approach where with my working out, the most important thing to me is doing that consistently and, like, being effective. But at the same time, there are things that I would like to be able to get out of it. I want to be able mm -hmm. to do a pull-up while having, like, 60% of my body weight uh, of an additional weight. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to be able to do a freestanding handstand push-up. Um, so, like, the system that is... That so tough. <laughs> uh, yeah, it will be. Yeah. But, like, that's exciting to me is that, like, I can I can see that the, what I'm currently doing, I enjoy daily, and it leads towards a goal that I will like. So the goal is, like, both mm -hmm. the system and in an outcome. Yeah. So I have, like, short-term goals of, like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to do this if I keep going on this path. I'd be like, these things will probably happen if I keep doing this and there are things like it'd be nice but like I don't really care but I could like see them happening mm -hmm. so I am able to like put them in these different buckets without getting so tied up in that goal because uh you know like, like the goal isn't necessarily useful mm -hmm. just by having a goal uh James Clear points out that like the difference between winners and losers isn't their goal like everyone's goal was to win whatever game or yeah. like thing you're doing but it's how you like systematize that and like how you look at your life Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why when I think of a goal, like, I, what am I trying to say? I don't think big. I feel like all my goals are very small and mm -hmm. very, like, stepwise, like, this would be nice. I'm going to do this. This would be nice. I'm going to do this. And it's like, uh, that's why I said I have so many goals during the year because, like, it's just, like, something that's, like, I want to be able to do this. Or, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very small for me because when you're talking about, like, a big goal, those are, like, yeah, never in my head. Someone's like, what do you, like, where do you see yourself in five years? I have no idea. No. Like, I never think that far no. ahead. And it's, a, like, one of the hardest questions for me to answer. That's interesting. And also with the identity thing, growing up playing volleyball, I mean, we did, like, a lot of, like, psychological stuff with sports. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of the biggest things I took out of it is, like, the I can, I am, I will. I might have said this backwards. I am, I can, I will. Um, statements and I feel like that's very similar like if I wanted to like if I'm the last server in a game for example and I can't mess up that's something I would go back and say to myself is that I am a good server I can get this in and I will get this point or something like mm -hmm. that it's kind of like a manifestation I feel like when you tell yeah, yourself it's a it's mantra yeah, that's yeah. Really cool. yeah. and I like I still use that a lot and like I'll definitely if I keep coaching eventually still use that on Students, I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> Players. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go too back, uh, too far back into the nope, question okay. about like getting stuff out of reading. But like, as you're talking about that, I mean, I'm able to immediately say, oh, I'm just reading this book about this, and now I have some different terminology than the first time we had this conversation where I wasn't thinking of it in the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so at least I can point out the difference. And then as you're talking, I'm thinking about that, and then I'm having to remind myself of other books I've read are talking about active listening and saying like, okay, don't focus on your response, listen to what he's saying. So, like, those kind of things are there, and if I'm focused on it and, like, trying to trace it back, I have at least some capacity to do so, but it is not something, I don't necessarily have the catalog of, oh, these are changes that came about because of something I read. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, it's definitely there. Maybe one last point that I'll make. 
the more goals you have, the less freedom you've given yourself. Because you're working towards something you've already specified. But if you don't specify anything, then it's like wide open what you end up doing, right? So there's that aspect of it. Um, and I've been enjoying not feeling as bound to goals as I used to be because it's broadened how I think about my future and where I could go from here. I feel like my goals are my freedoms, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, ah, I, wanted, I love it. Like, I wanted to get really good at making cookies. Mm-hmm. That might have been my goal because I, like, lo- love doing it or, like, like doing it. And so, like, I think if I found out this is not enjoyable, I would have quit. And I don't mm-hmm. care if I didn't reach my goal or whatever. Sure. But, yeah. like, yeah. it was something I wanted to explore, maybe. And so, like, I also don't think I just hold myself to my goals very much. <laughs> maybe that's my Being thing. willing to drop them if they're no longer useful yeah. is important. Because yeah. uh, So I think I use a lot, my goals a lot as a direction. So mm. okay, what type of identity do I want to have? Well, if I can think about a specific concrete goal that I want to be able to do, mm-hmm. then that can help inform the identity. Saying, I want to be able to do a handstand has definitely changed my identity to someone who practices handstands a lot. But, like, it definitely came from yeah. wanting to be I was like, oh, I think that'd be cool to be able to do. And so, like, working on it. So it reminds me of that, that quote of plans are worthless, but planning is everything. Mm-hmm. And so, I, but I'm willing to discard that. I talked with you at New Year's about trying to learn German. I spent about three weeks doing it. And then I was like, I'm not getting a lot out of this. And I don't really have, like, a reason to keep doing this. So mm-hmm. I, I stopped. Yeah. But also to that point, I wanted to pass an actuarial exam. That was, like, I think hands on my freedom. But it was to open more freedom later, I think. I just want to get it done. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there are, like, some heavy goals that you don't really want to do, but you do. So I get that, like, also, yeah, affecting your freedom just a little. Both give me a lot to think about. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about it since we started talking about this, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I think I'm going to continue thinking about it for a while because it's one of these... Like, thinking about goals or no goals or how we plan and what we do and what, what like, drives us in life. I mean, it, it's, like, so much of living. Yeah. Um, so it's really fascinating to hear, like, different perspectives. And, and I still think, like, we might all be thinking about it the same, but yet differently. Like, it's yeah. a different lens. And so, like, however it helps someone to think about it best, like, Mm-hmm. that's how I should be like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to be like guys you need to set goals like because I benefit from it but except it's my way, way different best, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but and you, you've got me thinking about like how does my satisfaction level with whatever it is tie up with a goal because mm-hmm. if you don't have a goal about something then you don't fail to meet that goal but right. then it, so I feel like I have a growth mindset in a lot of ways which is good in most situations like I want to be able to say oh I can improve but then if you overly fetishize that like growth and improvement and not being able to just willing to accept and be happy with where it is then it becomes a negative thing rather than a beneficial mindset yeah. Yeah. and i also want to point out like not having a goal doesn't mean that you don't experience failure mm-hmm. but yeah. like how i kind of experience it like let's say i eat something unhealthy let's say i i order pizza one night and i just like eat a pizza <laughs> a whole pizza um then I've done something that is different from how I view myself, and it just feels really disruptive and kind of, uh, it's not like, I don't feel like I failed. I feel like there's some alternative reality version of myself that's trying to break through, and I'm like, no, that's, 
it's just not me and it, it just feels weird and kind of like slightly disturbing huh. if I do something different from how I view myself. So like yeah. I think I think what I'm experiencing is failure. Yeah. But like by not having a goal so far in the future, like something that's like years out or whatever. What I've what I'm essentially doing is I'm just not ruminating on something that feels far away. And feeling like I don't know, like it's some unattainable thing. Because you can achieve like incredible stuff. Yeah. Without even like looking at it. For sure. Um, it's interesting that you like describe that as failure, though, because like that's it's not the word that I would use. I don't know how I would like think of that, but I also like like eating a pizza. Yeah, if, yeah. I I don't know if failure is the right word, but like I feel some like yeah, internal I, oh, disruption. I definitely get that because yeah. it's different than the identity and not just have. like the gut yeah. feeling with the pizza. Um, but I'll say that I think that's something that I've gotten better at, like noticeably, uh, within my twenties of being able to like have that identity that's more accepting mm-hmm. for of myself and say like. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's okay that like for me to do this. Like I'm the type. I, I don't have to be the type of person who's perfect in right. all of this. Or like yeah. just because I think I'm the type of person who does X doesn't mean I do X all the time. Or like right. never does this. Right. Yeah, and I am the yeah. kind of person that does eat pizzas occasionally. <laughs> right, and I I love that about myself. Yeah. I love eating pizza. Yeah. <laughs> but the word I was thinking of when you said that is like guilt, because like even when I do something that backtracks on a goal of mine, then like I feel guilty or like disappointed. Hmm. And why? It's because it's the opposite of what I wanted to achieve, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or like a hindrance to what I wanted to achieve. Like if that happened to me, like if I didn't I hit my two workouts. Oh really? No, I don't like dang. Don't worry. Teach yeah. me those lessons. Well, has no guilt. <laughs> um no, actually a lot of like uh my meditation like the the positive things that I've seen coming from meditation is um like for me. I have a very distractible mind, and so meditation was very hard, especially when I was starting out. Like, I would constantly get distracted. My mind would start wandering all over, uh, and I would kind of beat myself up about that a little bit and then, you know, refocus. Um, But after failing to, like, maintain focus so many times and beating myself up about it so many times and then forgiving myself so many times, you're, like, flexing that forgiveness muscle over and over again. And you eventually get really good at just being like, yeah, I make mistakes. That's okay. I'll I'll try not to do it. And, you know, everything's good. Like, yeah. when I feel guilt now, I'm much better able to process it and just be like, yeah, I'm the kind of person that makes a mistake occasionally. That's all right. We're all doing mm-hmm. the life thing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And also, um, you had mentioned, you had both mentioned meditation earlier. And I, I think that's one of the amazing things about meditation especially if you're somebody who does get distracted really easily you're also one of the people who will see some of the most incredible gains even early on in your meditation practice because you will uh, build up that forgiveness muscle you'll be a lot more compassionate toward yourself um, after practicing meditation for a while that's definitely one of the reasons why i would like to meditate more but (laughs) all right do we want to talk about calisthenics we, tra- we were word? talking about this yeah. word before you got here and like practicing saying it, it. <laughs> yeah well, to say it is just calisthenics like you had it calisthenics <laughs> calisthenics oh. it is it body weight exercises okay so essentially all it comes down to so for the for the cattle tenics, um <laughs> what can 
Okay, body weight exercises. So what's valid is picking up cows for calisthenics. But okay. calisthenics, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and body weight exercises is calisthenics. So um, that is you have your like strength workouts just like anything else. But um, calisthenics also has a lot of like skill workouts. So the handstand, uh, the L sit, where you push yourself off the ground and have your feet basically in an L shape. I love that. Yeah, I do that for fun, oh <laughs> not gosh. for long periods, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's probably then the what I like the most about. Well, first off, there's the like flexibility of it that you can kind of do it anywhere. I don't have to go to a gym mm-hmm. if I have a pull up bar, or I can just do push ups literally mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, and so with the pandemic, not going to a gym is, is a plus. Um, and then I get a lot of benefit from the working towards the skill thing. Like that is a lot of my enjoyment comes from. Oh, I can do this thing that I could not do two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is very encouraging. Whereas, I mean, it's it's still encouraging to be able to lift a, a larger number of like weight than you could before. But it's not the same like level of fun that like this is a new movement for my body. Yeah. So. And then you can pull out cool party tricks. Yeah. You don't need anything. <laughs> Exactly. You're not going to be like, all right, go ahead and put 400 pounds on the barbell. I'm going to do a squat and wow everyone. Be like, no, I'm going to drunkenly do a handstand. <laughs> but yeah, impressively. Yeah, so um, I, I saw you doing a handstand uh, yesterday while we were we were doing some rock climbing, which, oh, yeah. by the way, uh, I almost got a little emotional um, because yesterday was only the second time that I've climbed since my shoulder injury in 2019. And yesterday was the first time that I've climbed without having, like, shoulder pain since then. Yeah. And, yeah, I almost got a little emotional because I was like, I can do it. Like, it just felt so good to, like... And do it very well. He was impressive. Thank you. Uh, you are impressive, too, the way that you campused that one route. <laughs> um, different things. He, he was very technical, uh, and I just have, like, general fitness at this yeah. point. My technical skills are not there. Yeah, so... Um, uh, just to kind of explain, like, Trace climbed a route using just his hands. Like, his feet were just, like, dangling while he climbed the route. It was stupid. But, yeah, while we were at the, <laughs> the climbing gym, uh, you were doing some handstands. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to save this question for the podcast. What does that even work out? Like, what muscles are in action there? So, your, your shoulders take a lot of it. Uh, I mean, then the rest of your arm a little bit. Uh, and then your core has to stabilize. So it, mm. it's close to a full body. Uh, I mean, your legs are having to do like a little bit to keep you yeah. up there. Um, so it's not really working that out. But yeah, shoulders for sure are probably the biggest one. Uh, but with rock climbing, you're doing so much gripping and pulling your forearms yeah. get tired. So uh, just pushing your hand the other way brings such relief. So doing a handstand in between routes was actually like a way to help me recover yeah. because the, the pushing motion of a handstand is completely different from the pull. Uh, so that antagonistic muscle movement was actually like allowing it to, to rest and recover a bit better for me. And then yeah. I'm trying to get better at the handstand. So when I when I was really regularly climbing, uh, because yeah, you're gripping like so hard the whole time, your fingers are just like locked up half the time. Uh, I did these um, home exercises with like these bands that go around the fingers, and you actually like extend them like that oh, to yeah. like work out the antagonistic. Yeah muscle and i i also knew a guy back in chicago who climbed way more than me and he would like wake up with his hands balled into fists at night because he wasn't doing like the the other exercise and so eventually he had to start doing like the the finger extension exercises too because it it became like way too tight yeah that's kind of why um so i've I've gone 
so for the past three weekends in a row rock climbing with different people and mm-hmm. it's been primarily because it's just social like i have friends that are going yeah. so it's a good time to like hang out be a little active but i keep asking either people that are there like work there that like how do you make this your primary workout mm-hmm. because to me it seems like you end up missing a lot of things like I get, I get that as a rock climber, you don't necessarily want large legs because it's just extra right. weight and you don't really need more than like baseline strength yep. in your legs for most rock climbing. But uh, it's so much of it is just pulling that I was like, you're not even getting like pushing exercises. So the one, one guy... You do get some. There, I think in some of... Well, from what I've heard from talking to people, there's some like more advanced mm-hmm. movements and stuff. But as a beginner, I'm not really doing a whole lot right. of pushing. And I still think it's a very particular type of push. And probably not nearly as frequent as the pulling that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talked to one of the guys that worked at the gym. He said that uh, a lot of climbers end up with like elbow issues because there it's like an imbalance where they're pulling. climbers elbow. Yeah, yeah. you get your pull ups, your, your dips. I, I bought a set of rings. Yeah. yeah, I got a pair of gymnastics rings that when it was nice outside, I would hang from a tree in our front yard so I could work out there. But now they hang from a, a pull up bar in the basement. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's? I feel like it would help your mobility a lot, too. Yeah, uh, something I've, like, worked on as well around then. Um, one of the exercises to do is called a uh, Nordic curl, uh, it's, or Nordic hamstring curl. And so basically you have your feet underneath something or, like, weighted down, and then you lower your torso down. So it's okay. just all mm-hmm. the it, – it, ideally you'd be able to lift yourself back up as well, but just doing the negative is hard enough. Yeah. Um, and so that strengthened my hamstrings. All my life I've never been able to touch my toes, like – I'm very inflexible, wow. and after doing that, I don't know, it was probably a couple months of, of doing and I just randomly was like, oh, can I touch my toes? And I was, like, easily able to do it, and I was like, what? And I realized it was the fact that my hamstrings were stronger, and it just wasn't something I thought of that, like, I thought I needed to just sit and do passive stretches to get to that level of flexibility, mm-hmm. but it turns out, like, strength is a good component of that flexibility. So I looked up, like, an actual program to improve hamstring flexibility, and I, like, incorporated that in twice a week. I've been doing it. So I can easily get palms to the floor now because of that. Wow. Um, Yeah, I might ask you for that later. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, (laughs) I've I've sent that video to, like, multiple people at this point. Um, It's not fun. Flexibility is all about embracing the suck. And in that, like, there is, like, a meditative aspect for me of, like, Mm -hmm. dealing with the pain. It's not that same, like, acknowledging thoughts and forgiving. It's a, I can sit and be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I, I love telling people how much I hated it afterwards because, like, I hate it so much while I'm doing it. It just feels so, like, so much relief to be like, oh, God, that was awful. I hated it. It was mm-hmm. so bad. Uh, but then I, I love the outcome of it, so then I, I, I keep doing it. I, I switched from doing full body three times a week to upper-lower split each twice a week, and and so now I have an, an hour for each of those, and I've added, like, strength and mobility stuff into the workout. So, like, my shoulder flexibility has improved a lot, and I've noticed that has a lot of benefits to the handstand. Yeah, because that's uh, one thing that sucks for me when doing yoga is I do feel like downward dog, for example, you're like bending your shoulders back and I just like can't do it. Or even mm-hmm. like we were talking about lifts where you hold the barbell above you and I just mm-hmm. can't squat with it because my shoulders won't go back to hold keep the bar like good place with gravity. Oh, <laughs> and okay. so like a lot like that's one thing that I would love to improve my shoulder mobility and I've heard that just hanging on something is also like good. So yeah. I feel like the rings might have helped you a lot with that too. I don't know if you've been doing that. Um not really. <laughs> I, I mean so I use a pull up bar to do pull ups and then occasionally okay. I will like do it on, on rings. Um but it's not quite the the biggest one for me is um a, a dumbbell lat pullover. So you basically like hold it and you are horizontal and you 
bring it over and like yes. let your let your shoulders go as far back as possible and mm. then move it back over. Yeah. Um, because working on that shrink through the range of motion that you want, like having to move the weight further than you normally would, helps like again build that strength back there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've been working with Jay a lot with it because he is incredibly like I thought I was inflexible. Um, but it was mostly my legs. Like he is has very poor flexibility mm. across the board. Uh, but even with just like two weeks of it, he's already noticed yeah. a benefit. Oh so. wow, that's cool. badass. Good job. Yeah. Hey, uh, actually, before we close out the episode, I want to say to everyone: uh, if you are a watcher of the podcast, or if you're just watching this episode, and you're thinking, "Hey, it would be cool to go on a podcast," we are looking for new guests. I would love to have more people approach us saying they want to join. We sometimes feel a little bit awkward, like pushing out things on Facebook saying like, hey, we want you to, to, to come join our podcast. Um, I know like we've also felt awkward like if we haven't talked to somebody in a while, we don't want it to seem like the only reason we're reaching out is to get you on the podcast. Yeah, like there's so many good people I feel like I'd want to talk to and mm-hmm. pick their brain at different things. And it, I just feel like a, an annoyance to like reach out. So it's not that I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I want you to come on. Yeah, and and I I guess I want to stress like this is a really fun time. And if you're feeling a little bit like uh uncomfortable about like being out there on the internet, we are totally also like we want to work with people, record an episode, and if at the end of it you're like, you know what, I don't want that out there, we don't need to publish it at all. We're just happy to like sit and chat and have like a an in-depth conversation because I, I feel like people nowadays just aren't spending as much time getting to know each other on like a deeper level with long-form conversations obviously it's been harder with covid and everything um so this has been like a really enlightening podcast to have at, at this time of our lives um so yeah if you are enjoying this and would like to have this kind of conversation please reach out um, if you don't live in our area, in the heart of the Midwest, um, uh, that's okay too. I would still love to know if you're interested because um, we recently did our annual planning meeting for the podcast, first annual planning meeting, and um, one of our priority items is uh, uh, working out how to do a virtual version of the podcast. So if you don't live near us, uh, that may be an option in the coming months. So please reach out. Uh, we would love to build up our pipeline a bit more um, so that we can have a, a more regular guest cadence. Trace, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, um, thank you all for joining us in the world.